Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Holmes. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Have you calmed down since uh, Urine Gate? Uh, or urinal gates, rather, from yesterday. I uh, I got home. It was the first thing I told my lady partner about, because I was still shaken up, to mm-hmm. be honest. Hashtag me too. And she said, she wasn't, she was like, well, why is that weird? And I was like, it's, it's, an un, it's an unspoken rule of the bathroom that you don't do that if you can help it. And she was, you know, she was like, but Luke, what, what do you prefer? Would you prefer Luke to do it that you know? Or do you prefer a stranger? I was like, to be honest because then at least I don't have to look at him for the rest of the day knowing what's happened. Well, I mean, it's Hodgepole. it's been the talk of the town, really. It's been the talk Has of the it? SWAF nation because we've had emails in uh, about this. I'm just going to read some of these out. Jason McDonald got in touch to say, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and the rest of the WrestleTalk jobbers. Count me on <laughs> Luke's side in the pod poll about your oh, awkward encounter no. before the roar of you. You should always leave a buffer unit if there are three or more, but stalls should be used only if you need to sit down. The larger faux pas is talking to someone while they're at the ur- urinal, which was <laughs> your doing. Um, Outrageous. Mark Hertzig has got in touch to say Hi Luke, just want to give my two cents You are correct about the urinal It is perfectly fine to use the urinal next to someone Although leaving space is preferable If possible Ollie made it weird by talking to a guy <laughs> With his penis in his hand That is the real weird part about this The stool, the, the, the cubicle was free Russell Abercrombie gets in uh, Morning Luke, listening to your latest podcast On the way to class this morning Did I drop in my two pence worth In short, you're spot on and Ollie is wrong I have no idea why anyone would choose To pop off to a cubicle When a perfectly good urinal was there Unless they have something to be ashamed of Perhaps Hmm uh, on the, the size of my penis is adequate. Uh, James Huntley got in touch on Twitter to say, there is a caveat to this. Had there been three urinals and Ollie was at one end and you took the middle one, that is improper etiquette. If there is only two, though, then you're 100% right. Save the cubicles for the poos. 
Um, Matthew Perry I got was in. Not prepared for this level of. Matthew Perry got in touch to say. On your side. Uh, I guess I would have a meltdown if he had to use one of these urinals, which is just the long trough ones. I just I just piss in the corner on the floor. <laughs> Find a good sink. Yep. Uh, Sean Kataya on Twitter got in touch to say, "What kind of monster designs a bathroom with only two urinals? The person is re- that's the person that's really at fault there. One or three is okay, but two is just wrong." Stan LR sixty five has said, "Ollie Davis was correct." Ah, finally. M- <laughs> Matt Mag- uh, Matt McNeil says, uh, "Ollie was right here. Not the weirdo we need, but the weirdo we deserve." Uh, cool yes. guys said sorry Luke uh, Ross Cooper has said proper toilet uh, public toilet etiquette is as follows under no circumstances do you stand next to the other man doing a pee at the urinal unless it's the only space remaining in the toilet Ollie is 100% correct here I'm afraid Luke now I did actually do a poll <laughs> on what on Twitter on Twitter because I can't really do it on podcast but I did do a poll on Twitter so the the votes are in the results are in and Despite the, the first f- official pod poll, despite the feedback via email and tweets, fifty nine percent agreed with Ollie Davis. Thank you. Sixty percent vindicated. Thought, absolutely. And in the other pod poll, uh, obviously about the uh, the vegetarian food and whether people wanted me to, to talk about it, um, uh, Russell Ibercrombie said on uh, on email. As for the second hashtag pod poll, uh, pod poll, I thought of vegetarians too. Hope you enjoy your night of starters. Thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Russell. Um, and the results are in for that one. I'm just going through to see if there's any good. Um, there's a lot of people. Uh, someone said, uh, "Where's the email?" Oh, yeah, uh, Doctor Doom emailed in saying, uh, "Luke, most vegan meals are basically everyone else's appetizers." Sorry, which I mean, I'm not going to justify with a response because it's, it's, a, it's a, no, it, it's wrong. It's very, very silly. Uh, but the res- I, I have some feedback about the risotto thing. Oh yeah, where you claimed risotto was a starter, which it is. That's like saying all pasta dishes are starters. So um, not in Italy. Well, you you have a pasta course. I disagree. I don't think you have spaghetti bolognese as a starter. Exactly. Yeah, that's why it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you would... Risotto can be a maid. But when you go to restaurants, risottos are available as a starter. Whereas whereas spaghetti bolognese is never available as a starter. Yeah, but you, you have different kinds of risotto. Oh, so because it's got mushrooms on it, now it's a maid. It's a bigger risotto. It's like you're gonna have a different... Different style, for but it's name. it's not just the fact that it's a risotto. It's the fact that the other option is like turkey with all the trimmings, mm. and mine is a starter. But anyway, the results for that poll mm. are also in. And what, I c- what was what was the poll uh, in the other pod poll? Pod Swafters, did you want to hear me talk about the veggie <laughs> options at our Christmas do? <laughs> and I can now reveal that fifty-one percent said oh, close no. <laughs> <laughs> That is a Brexit. That is a Brexit split. <laughs> I never knew that more people, it would be closer on that than the urination gate. Absolutely, wow. yeah. So uh, maybe we'll do more pod polls on the podcast. Separate to wrestle talk question on the polls. Well, absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, very um, different. So, of course, that is a... But because that has now been upheld by the SWAF nation, that mm. you were in the wrong and you did sexually assault me, uh, that's, that's your first HR strike. <laughs> and I'm afraid to say, I've got a second HR strike. Oh, yeah? Here. What? Andy Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleTalk website writer and resident jobber. Enhancement talent Andy Datsun. One of the wrestle types. He's very good at singing. <laughs> Allegedly. 
<laughs> Although we get to, ha- to hear that. Got in touch with this podcast and said, I'd like to make an HR complaint. I think he meant complaint about Mr. L. And he's one of our writers, is he? Mm. Mm. It's a good website. <laughs> he called Pete his favourite writer, but I think he should have a performance review for being so hurtful for tomorrow's ramble, if you like. Uh, yeah. So he- because, of course, you, you called Pete... My favourite writer, favorite on the, writer on the yeah. website. Um, Andy got in touch with me to say that he's incinerated my birthday presents. Um, and like he bought one. He <laughs> thought it was on the 14th. Oh, no, which is my take. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but Pete also got in touch with me to say that uh, I hear I'm now your favourite writer and I hear that Datsun might be suing you. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I do want to say, you know, just for clarity, because I do love all of the wrestle tykes, but Pete's the best one. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just good to put that out there and just make sure we all are aware of that fact. He is the only one who's visited us that we don't pay. Yeah. Like, and he, he has to be here. Yeah, like he, that's his job. Yeah. But Pete just came out of the good of his heart. Absolutely. The good of his life-hating but smiley, <laughs> laughing heart. Yeah. Every time I walk past a Greg's, I get a bit of a smile mm. on my face. I'm like, Pete. Uh, the wrestle tykes, the wrestle tykes, aren't they? <laughs> they bicker between each other. Bless them, <laughs> bless them. Uh, got a quick uh, wrestle talk. Get better here from Jumpy the Smart. Hey Luke and Ollie, you may remember my email from a week or two ago mm. talking about developing better eating habits, and now I have an update. I have not started a full-on meal plan, but I'm starting a 10-day sugar detox. No sweets of any uh, of any kind. I know it's not a year, but it is something. Absolutely, it is something. Yeah, yeah. That's go- that's gonna be tough. You'll realise how much stuff has sugar in. Like yeah, that. it's really tough. Because I mean, uh, my wife talked about doing like um, uh, no wastage in January, and I think that's going to be so much harder mm. than than we. I mean, we've got we've got a plan in place, but I think it's going to be really difficult to do. That is where you just try and cut down on all packaging of yes, food. That's right. Yeah, I remember reading an article about a lady who you know all she recycled everything, and the only the only. Um, Waste that couldn't be recycled at the end of the year could be fit inside a matchbox. Wow. And I was like, that's that's impressive. But you like when when you I get that you need a visual representation for this article that look, this is all the only stuff that I couldn't recycle if I really put my mind to it. But also you could have just you could have not had that (laughs) if you could not if you can just you could have just eliminated that bit of waste as well. Yeah. By the by, well, exactly. Well, have you ever read the book <coughs> No Impact Man? Uh, is that is that about Johnny Impact? No, uh, well, John Morrison. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, no, it was uh, about a guy who tried to spend a whole year like having no impact on the planet. I should have so. said Austin Aries. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a better joke. That is a better Damn joke, um, and it's it's good. My brother lent it to me, but I did say it's always a bit hypocritical there because he's talked about like No Impact Man, but this is a book which means that trees were cut down in order to make it, and he will have used his laptop. Uh, in order to write this as well, so that's like that's like electricity and stuff. So make it digital only. You want? Well, but even then, like, but I'm using <coughs> I'm using lithium batteries, which are bad for the planet as well. So, I mean, I get your cause and everything, and it's a very impressive feat. But at the same time, it's you're not being no impact now, are you? Al Gore flew around the world promoting an inconvenient truth. Anyway, back to Jumping the Smart. After that, I can eat sweets, but I'm cutting sweet drinks out completely. I've also learned that fermented foods drinks such as kimchi or kombucha can help with sugar cravings. Mm. All the best, Jumping Tea Smart. My uh, my wife's into kombucha drinks. Um, don't really do much for me, in all fairness. 
Uh, but we dive into the show itself. If you've been worried about that we're going to be too negative, uh, and we've been negative Nellies as of late, well, you're in for an absolute treat because this was a stonking episode of SmackDown Live. We very much enjoyed it. Here's the show. Proceed. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, this show was like, it was a breath of fresh air. Like, after two awful weeks of Raw, after a really bad episode of SmackDown It wasn't last a week. bad episode, it was just confusing. I, I would say it was also a bad episode okay. because it was actively trying to ignore everything that Survivor Series had yeah, set up. Yeah, frustrating and So frustrating. Yeah. So I would say that was a bad episode of television. And the very frustrating and ultimately pointless Survivor Series. It was just like all of it had just been piled onto us at this one point, And everyone was like, you know what? It doesn't really matter. WWE don't care. The football's on. So they don't really care anymore. So we kind of like just resigned ourselves to this. Oh, no. We've got like a whole month of this. We've got a really lackluster build to TLC. Strowman's out injured. We don't have Roman Reigns anymore. Raw doesn't know what it's doing. God, I can't wait for the Royal Rumble. And then... And then this show happens. And I was like, I'm now excited for SmackDown again. I'm excited for things on SmackDown again. In the coldest, darkest part of the year, as the nights grow longer and the days grow shorter, we have now a glimmer of light Such to get us yes. through WWE wrestling and the rest of 2018. And it is Asuka, Becky Lynch and Charlotte at TLC. Uh, yeah, I, I do feel like WWE have structured the last two months like how they structure every single goddamn match on Raw. We have been worked over. Yeah. We are the baby faces, fans in general. We've been worked over with Super Showdown, with Crown Jewel, with Survivor Series nonsense, with terrible Raws. And here was the first hope spot. So, Paige opened SmackDown. See why she had to be out there, but by the by, because she was announcing right away, there was no long promo, the return of Becky Lynch. I mean, she just, <coughs> excuse me, she was only gone for well, a week, I two weeks. I but. said this on the on the SmackDown review. It was like, she missed Survivor Series and, an, and one episode of SmackDown. It feels like she's been gone forever. Like, <laughs> I think it's because everything's been so bad. I was like, good, I'm so happy to see her. And she even said, like, I've been gone far too long. And I was like, yes, Becky, you have. Well, it really it, feels like you've been gone far too long. It's not just that. It's because so much stuff has happened. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's turned heel. So there was all that nonsense at Survivor Series. Charlotte, I don't, has she turned heel? I don't know. I'm still confused. She's definitely definitely heal now i don't know no no i, I oh so. no i i guarantee no okay so i've got a theory on this well should we should we yeah, well, we'll say get what to happened it, yeah. so becky lynch comes down she cuts a cool promo saying you know because she's great everyone was so happy to see her i was happy to see her she's the most genuinely over person in wwe there's now no argument about that and she said that she wanted to fight on smackdown she wanted to fight at survivor series but the WWE kept stopping her. But now she wants to see the person who replaced her, Charlotte. Yes, she wants to question Charlotte about her actions at Survivor Series. Now, I'm just going to rewind this uh, ever so slightly. Mm. Just take us back to last week when we sat here going like, that was a really confusing promo by Charlotte Flair. Rewind even further to Survivor Series when Charlotte Flair turned heel. <laughs> yeah. 100% categorically, I will not have anyone else say, it's like, no, she did it for Becky Lynch. No, no, no. She turned heel. She turned heel. Every action she did was a heel action. The commentators were going, like, she's gone too far. The commentators went, were one step away from going, like, that was a heel turn. Mm. Like, they, she turned heel. She tweeted out, I have turned heel. Then on Tuesday, they were like, uh, no, let's not. 
we'll just have her be Becky Lynch instead. So Charlotte came out, so fast forwarding a little bit now, to SmackDown, Charlotte Flair came out and said, I did that for Becky Lynch, I did that for every woman in that locker room. And Paige came out applauding her and said, like, what you did was aces, and then Charlotte beat uh, Iconics essentially two on one as a babyface. Fast forward now to today's show, Charlotte Flair in this promo said, I didn't attack Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series for you or anyone back there. I did it for me. I'm like, well, what are you doing then? So she is 100% a heel now. It felt like they have ignored last week's promo and that doesn't matter. And it's now Survivor Series and here. And that bit was just like, it was a mistake last week. No, no, no. I disagree. I think, so Survivor Series, she turned heel. The, The two nights after... They were like, oh, okay, we've created another Becky Lynch here. Good job, WWE. Pat on the back. We're not going to make the same mistake we made last time. We're going to get on their side right away. Because WWE are about four months behind on learning lessons. And that's, like, your, your theory would be perfect apart from Paige. Paige, who's the moral authority figure. She's a babyface. Applauded Charlotte's actions. Well, that's, but we're ignoring what happened no, 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 last no, no, week. No, no, I think it was, no, no, no. They think she's a tweener. So that that sort of frames her as a tweener. You're a badass. I'm sorry. I've got to fine you for attacking the referees. And then this week, Charlotte didn't do anything heelish. She was just very, very confident. Oh, I, I think she was heelish. Her whole demeanour was more no. heelish. Like, the way she was dressed was more heelish. And, like, the fact that she essentially cut a promo on Becky saying, like, you've copied my father's gimmick. You're, you've always been riding my coattails. And then saying, I didn't, everything I did at Survivor Series, I didn't do for you. I did for me. Which contradicts what she said last week. And then she essentially, at one point, told Becky to shut up because she wanted to cut a promo on Ronda Rousey. I think she was a total heel here. All of that stuff you just said, put that in Becky Lynch's mouth, and you'll be going, what a badass. They're, they're booking the same character. But Becky was never saying, like, you've stolen my thunder. Oh, no, she didn't she, say, she, no, 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 okay, you've stolen my gimmick is yeah. more what I meant. She, she said it on this show. Um, no, no, no. Okay, no, I'm talking about the Becky Lynch from a few months ago. Yeah. The Becky Lynch from a few months ago was coming out and saying, like, you fans turned your back on me. And everyone was like, no, we didn't. Mm. We actually love you even more now. And they tried and tried and tried, but Becky was trying to say heelish things. And I, I get what you're saying. And Charlotte's not saying that here. I think Charlotte was... I think she was being a she heel She never here. said you people. She, she never, never said... She never got one vaccination shot. <laughs> in the butt. Yeah. I, I actually completely see your argument. Mm. And, I, and I think that a lot of people will see your argument as well. And I think that you've got a lot of water to that argument. And there's a lot of basis to that. But for me, when I was watching this, I didn't see WWE thinking they were booking a badass. I saw them booking Charlotte as a heel. I'm, I'm really hopeful... Maybe it's just she's easy to boo. Yeah, I think (laughs) that that could be it. She's just, yeah, naturally uh, better suited to a heel. I I genuinely think WWE have learnt the lesson from Becky Lynch. Mm. And she's the hottest thing in the company right now. And uh, I think they're just going to try and replicate that with Charlotte, with Asuka, and have three really great tweeners. Asuka's 100% a babyface. Oh, well, you know, but sometimes she does heelish things. Like, I'm talking, if you... No, not then. Back in NXT. I'm saying (laughs) if you start to gear... Three years ago. (laughs) Whatever. We'll see. I think there's there's real money in just pushing all three women as badasses. Completely agree. And making them fight. And I think seeing the success they had with Becky, reluctantly, but they've eventually accepted it, and now they're they're doing the same thing with Charlotte in my eyes rather than turning her heel. I think over the next few weeks, we'll see a similar badass transition for Asuka. And I think you've got such a great point there, apart from that contradicting, contradicting line that she said. When she said, 
I didn't do any of this for you, which literally last week she said that she did. That to me just felt like they were ignoring last week's promo and pretending that stuff she did with the Iconics never happened. Mm. And they're essentially, like I said in the review, this episode of SmackDown <coughs> Live felt like a reset button was hit. Yeah. Where they essentially looked at last week's show and was like, that was a, a lot of that was an error. Let's just press the reset button on that and we'll just start over afresh. Mm. Let's just start doing loads of new feuds. We'll split up the bar and big show. We'll start doing Joe and Hardy. We'll start doing this. We'll start doing that. And we'll just ignore a lot of the stuff we did last week. Last, last week was was the Thanksgiving episode. This was the true post-Survivor series reset. So Becky and Charlotte have... I, I really like their interaction with each other yeah. because there was no one trying to do bad comedy. They were both just trying to say, no, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Charlotte looked awesome as well. Yeah, yeah. You stole... Like, Becky's there saying, you stole my gimmick by coming out here saying all that last week. And there was no, like, oh, we're friends. Like, yeah. I was. that was the worst thing they could have done. No, Becky's, like, perfectly suited to her character. You, you're just copying me. And Charlotte very fairly says, you're just copying my dad. He's the guy who went around saying I'm the man. That's the, it's, it's, it's such a simple, just solid underpinning to this feud of two people who claim that they're the best and they're going to hash it out to see. Agreed. And crucially, they're not just going to repeat Charlotte Becky, which we have seen. Granted, we haven't seen it with this new dynamic, but they're not doing that at TLC because this is where this bit comes in uh, this was the most awkward part of the segment because Paige and Charlotte are going again like doing Becky, the, Becky and Charlotte Becky and Charlotte yeah and Paige announces that they'll have a tight Charlotte will get a title rematch at TLC which I, I'm, I'm in for anyway I want to see that match now. The first ever women's TLC match. And it's funny enough, when we were talking about Evolution, when we did the Ramble Club podcast, we were saying, like, God, it really felt like they were building to a TLC match here, but I don't think that's going to happen at this point. But now we are. We're getting that TLC match. And, and credit to WWE. And this is definitely because there's no Stephanie here and there's no Michael Cole here, I feel. Well, they, well, later. Well, randomly, yeah. <laughs> um, but because neither of those are like a constant factor on this show, or at least in the show's production, this is the first ever women's like, women's TLC match. That point was never hammered mm. home of being like, this is happening, you must enjoy this, you must think we're progressive, you must think we're great. It was just, they mentioned it probably twice, but Charlotte, but Paige didn't announce it, like, in the first ever, she's like, no, you're having a TLC match. And then later on, they were like, that's the first ever one. That's a much more organic way of doing that. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. But then we get, speaking of organic, <laughs> then we got the most seamless, oh, non-cardboard, non-stage looking interruption where Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville, weren't you guys feuding, the Iconics, and Zelina Vega, when was she part of this merry band of heels? Just walk out. Vega's... She's a she's a business manager. She's Andrade's business manager. Not on the main roster. Oh my she god. Is a, she is an active part of the roster. Good grief. But they come out and they say, "Hey, you just you can't just book Charlotte and Becky forever." Like which is what they have done and they did with Charlotte and Sasha Banks a couple of years ago. So, one of us wants a shot. And Paige says, oh, "You know, you're just giving your PCB teammates things cuz yeah. Paige, Charlotte and Becky were a part of that original group and I thought Get back those glory I years forgot that happened <laughs> I, I don't want to I don't want to be reminded of that I forget it happens every time until someone mentions it mm. and they go like oh team PCB or team bad and I go uh. like oh god yeah that is how they all debuted and that was awful wasn't it Stephanie McMahon playing with her action figures and putting them into factions 
awful, awful way to debut characters. Do you think Triple H came over and was like, you want some factions? <laughs> That's what you want. It's just let, pass, let, passing logos across. Yeah, draw a cool <laughs> logo it. for them. Look, it's, look, PCB. It's got a skull on it. Team Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Team Bad was probably the worst name. But then the baby faces come out. It's all the women standing in a row, the baby, like in a yeah. perfect line. Uh, Naomi, Asuka, Carmella and Lana. Naomi's on the mic here, but the crowd don't care. Just like the previous week, just like the week before that, when Becky looked at all the women to replace her against Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series, everyone was chanting for Asuka. She is still over. It's remarkable. <coughs> Considering the effort WWE have gone to this year, this year to make Asuka feel unspecial, it is incredible that the crowd can still get behind her. I'm I'm so happy about it. Same here. Um, th- like, but it, it's not forever because everyone was behind Bailey. I, I would say a year and a half after her call up, even though she was being booked awfully. And now there's nothing. Well, you we were talking about the the Manchester show, when, mm. like, and she wasn't even getting the. I mean, there was probably a smattering, but not the way that the whole arena used to do it. So Paige on scene, the rest of the women's division out there. She you know she she, she you know what's coming, uh, but she she starts banging on about. Fire and oh, I'm so glad. This is the sort of fire I want to see from my women's division. And I just thought, stop saying that. It's such a patronising way to, like, it just implies. Oh, so you're not, you know, you don't care about anything the rest of the time. Mm. I just, they keep on saying this. Like Stephanie McMahon's like, I want you to show the fire. Like, no, let's just assume they always want to wrestle and they're always competitive. So that's by the by. Anyway, she that was this whole bit was lame. But then Paige said there's going to be a battle royal later on with the winner getting added to the TLC match with Charlotte and Becky as a triple threat. And I'm like, okay, that's even more than I wanted. And I'm looking at this cast of characters and I'm like, it's got to be Asuka, right? An Asuka Charlotte Becky Lynch match at TLC. Mate, I, I am suddenly so excited about that pay-per-view. Mate, as I said in the review, like I know you've had your <coughs> some, some nitpicks to, to point out there, but for me, I thought this was an absolute home-run segment. Because it wasn't. Th- I thought this was a home-run segment. Not the, with but, all those women coming out. Well, as, as I said, aside from like staging issues, nitpicking aside... That wasn't nitpicking. That's not, well, that, that, was, is, that was rubbish. Well, it is, but it's nitpicking. Right? It's like, not a home-run. It's like you got... You got a couple of bases three quarters of the way around <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say that this segment had three goals in mind mm. which was uh, number one let's bring Becky back and make her look great number two let it uh, establish oh no actually they made four things then establish the heel face dynamic between Flair and Lynch which I, which I think was a tick well we're, we're, we're disagreeing we're, we're dis- on that dis- point so that was obviously a fail uh, give the main event some stakes and add a brand new face into the title picture. Mm. And not only that, add possible multiple faces within the championship picture because the entire women's roster was fighting for a spot. I thought it was a really successful segment in terms of what it set out to do. It certainly was a successful segment, but not a home run. I thought it was a home run. Mm. Uh, so this all so negative, <coughs> so negative just, all the I'm time. I'm going to say something was absolutely... When I hear home run, I hear absolutely perfect. But you had... 
just ridiculous heel you're, and you're, baby You're never face going people. to fix that in WWE because that's how they do things. They've had perfect segments before. Uh, yes, and even in those perfect segments, I could imagine you could probably look at the direction that Kevin Dunn has done or the no, Devin Dunn has no. done or, the, or the, the way that people are staged. Because no matter how you're going to look at WWE, everyone is always standing in a line. So it's always going to look fake and phony. Festival of Friendship. Still standing in a line. No, nope. just there's two it's of just them. Just two people. That's normal. <laughs> uh, and the, the camera work on that is superb because they do the reveal. You see, it's the list of mm. Owens. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, the women's battle royal was the main event of the show, rightly. And <clears throat> I've written here, this is definitely the most progressive year for women in WWE. Undoubtedly, like it's so far ahead. But at the same time. How have there been so many battle royals? Which is like usually the sign that a division is not being booked right because it's just such a lazy thing. Chuck them all in there. Yeah, this is our, our probably our fourth one if you include the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a way to determine a new number one contender. Although Naomi got nothing out of winning her. She got that trophy that's never been seen since. Uh, so, yeah, but Shane's trophy. That's coming that, everywhere. That sticks around. Uh, so Asuka gets by far again the biggest cheer in the entrances. I'm hopeful. I was really invested in this match. And it was a pretty decent match as well. The, the, everyone got entrances apart from the Vega, the Iconics and DeVille, I think. No, DeVille got one. And Iconics got one. Did they? Yeah. Actually, and Vega got one as well. Oh, they, all, wow. they all got entrances. I just... Okay. I just didn't see that for some reason then. Um, Vega's the first person out because she's a business manager. Not on um, this roster. Then the Asuka just starts going against people. She eliminates the Iconics. Then she gets rid of Carmella. And then it comes down to Asuka, Naomi, Rose, and DeVille. So you've got these two tag teams. Yeah. There was a really funny moment. Uh, like There were two weird moments for me in this. Second one's not as weird. But there was a point when, like, Vega gets eliminated and then she starts attacking Lana before they go to the break. Like, outside, as if, like, oh, man, and, like, she's now beating down Lana. We're starting a storyline. Come back from break. Lana's just in the ring and everything's fine. It's never brought up again. So perhaps they're going to lead to an Andrade Rusev thing. But again. Rusev's kind of tied up already with Shinsuke Nakamura by the looks of things. Maybe another triple threat, perhaps. But either way. Maybe Vega's going to recruit more clients and then wrestle. <laughs> that's, the way to, that's the way you get people over. Yeah, that's, that's the most effective thing to do for managers. That and peeing on robes, I think. But a bit that really made me laugh in this was they had like a moment when Asuka was beating up the Iconics um, and like Peyton Royce and she was eliminating both of them. And Todd Phillips goes like goes like oh brings back memories of their her feud and the run-ins they've had with the iconics at super showdown and i was like <laughs> i completely forgot about that 100 percent forgot that they were quote feuding earlier like mm. not even earlier this year two like last month yeah well that it was a nothing it was a nothing thing uh so it comes down to those two tag teams and rose catches naomi in a hurricane rana uh no so naomi catches Rose in a Hurricane Rana, but Mandy Rose stops it. And I think this was meant to be like a, oh, wow, look how strong Mandy is. And she kind of deadlifts her up to do a powerbomb to the outside. It was super sloppy, though, and it didn't look impressive. I thought it looked uh, cool. Uh, I didn't think it looked good at all. And then Naomi and Rose take each other out with that spot. And it's down to DeVille and Asuka. And they're, they're like low-key, always giving DeVille these spots. So I hope they see something in her. Well, I'm guessing so as well, because we figured that they were protecting her at Super at Super Showdown, at Survivor Series, by her being eliminated, by mm. being counted out. Like, her and Bailey both got counted out as a way to, like, well, neither of them got pinned, so we can protect them. 
But then they just pinned her last week on, on SmackDown. But again, I don't think that show counted. I don't think it's part of canon. So yeah. <laughs> we can just ignore that. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you would think Mandy Rose... And I think they, if in their perfect world, Mandy Rose would be the star here. But Sonya Deville is so much better in the ring. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this was very tense. Because I was, as much as I liked Deville... I was so invested in Asuka winning and I thought, oh, maybe they have, they are kind of giving Deville a weird push. So maybe they're going to go with her. Particularly when Mandy Rose mm. got up and started, like, despite the fact that they were feuding, I guess that's been dropped, tried to trip Asuka <laughs> off the apron. And it really genuinely was some very good tension on this. It was essentially a repeat of the end of the Royal Rumble with Asuka versus the Bellas. But hey, that worked at the Rumble and it worked here as well. Yeah, so the tense showdown on the apron, each woman teasing, falling off. And then eventually Asuka knocks her off. It's Asuka going in this triple threat. Charlotte and Becky were watching at ringside, by the way. And Asuka poses on the turnbuckle, staring them both down. So, so cool. And I said to my lady partner after watching this this morning, it is so, so nice to genuinely be invested in WWE women's wrestling rather than our bless. (laughs) They're trying. Which, to be honest, like... That, like all these crappy feuds based around who's friends with who or as as great as they are on promos Carmella and As uh, Alexa Bliss are not good wrestlers or Nia Jax as well so you're watching these things you're like I really want to be into this but you just there's such a, a let like a, a talent gap between you and the and the men's wrestling not with these three women I'm I'm proud now to be a, a fan of this and I don't have to say it with any caveats and it is the best thing going in WWE right now. They've gen- they've genuinely positioned women's wrestling as their main event. And it's not like, oh, it's the main event because it's women's wrestling anymore because they're shoehorning it in for progression. PR. It's because this is genuinely the hottest, best booked feud, which is a big money main event match. I'm good. Like, if this was the old days and we bought the pay-per-view, I would buy this pay-per-view based on that match alone. It's a draw, and that's what you want. Congratulations, SmackDown. Yeah, I, I mean, I said this in the review. I feel like this match would have been a big deal uh, months ago when before they completely flattened Asuka out, but credit to WWE, credit to SmackDown in particular. This whole match was designed to make Asuka look impressive. Asuka got most of the eliminations. She was the woman that was fighting against the odds at the end. She was the one that won the whole thing. She practically eliminated the entire of the, the, the Battle Royal participants. This whole match was designed to put Asuka over and make her look dominant again. And try and make you forget that awful Carmella feud in the summer. Good lord. Talk about like flattening someone out because... I, I don't know why WWE decided to do this, but they decided we just think Asuka's rubbish. So we're just going to make her look like a complete chump for the majority of the year. And then we're just going to put her into a pointless tag team with Naomi with nothing fuse. And all of that was undone in this one outing. Just this one thing was a good reset button, a rebuilding of Asuka to make her seem like a big deal again. And it's through this match and the way that she won and the way the match was presented. I, mean, I come out there going like, yes. Finally, I really want to see this match now. But if they, if like, if they'd have just announced Asuka was in it, I don't think I'd have been as into the idea of the match. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So to answer the question, twenty-three minutes in, what, like, can this rebuild Asuka? I d- definitely so. And I, I could potentially see an outcome. It depends on the build over the next few weeks. Where Asuka wins the title, second I yeah. And because Charlotte and Becky sort of cancel each other out, and then you get. You build into the Royal Rumble 
where one of them can feud with Asuka over the SmackDown title, and the other can enter the Rumble tournament and then set up that Ronda Rousey match for Mania. Exactly. Yeah, tremendously exciting stuff. And I've seen a few people online, uh, people have tweeted me, I've seen it on the Discord channel as well, be a little bit upset about Asuka being in this match because they foresee this as, oh, Asuka's just there to take the pinfall. Forgetting it's a TLC match, there are no pinfalls. There's a title hanging above the ring, so she's not going to get pinned. Yeah. It's time to give a shout out to our $25 plus pledge hammers on Patreon. So thank you, caught in a Travis Webb. Yes. Woo, cheap pop. Uh, we're going on a Brian Huntsley. Yes. yes. Yes, Brian. Charlie, drink it in. Z-Man. Nice. Ooh, good delivery. Daring Danny Richard. Uh, yeah. Danny Richardson, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There got there by the end. What you talking about? Jerry Willis. Oh, it's a, it's an old joke. It's Different strokes. Uh, King George I Phillips. I've got I've doubled it up. I've doubled it up. Doubled it up. We met him at the Prince Charles. Lovely fella. Joking Joshua Selig. Yes, yeah. and I'm going to do the next one as well. Mo space, mo problems. Lovely Ooh. stuff. Noah the Ark Trombley. Oh. Get two of every kind in that guy. Absolutely. There can only be one. Our legend. It's a oh, Highlander yeah. joke. It's a Highlander joke. Robert Spencer. Period. You're getting there. You're, you're getting almost. There. It's, you're... A, it's a weird TNA reference that I only just became familiar with. Harder than its bite, Sean Barksdale. It's a dog thing. Dog thing. The incredible Jorge Hamikas. Oh, I love your mm. dear delivery. So good. Duo XM, Michael Sands. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what, what it means. Mean? No idea. Kenneth Houston. We have a problem. Oh, WrestleMania Whoa. X7. Yes, nice. If you want to get your 
names shouted out here, and a host of other Patreon rewards, including exclusive podcasts. We're going to be doing our Ramble Club, which is the top five matches of the month later in the week. And we just had the Wrestle Ramble Extra review of uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto. Speaking of fantastic show. Speaking of Asuka being mm. over. She fought Mickey James on that, uh, that event. Uh, yeah, you can go over there and get all that for 5 to $10. Check it out. There's loads of rewards. After the alleged home run of an opening segment, we got the Usos having a little promo backstage. Awesome. I love it. I just It was just like, we're up next, guys. That was the crux of this. Yeah. But they're in the background. They've got their... Their weird backstage environment. The camera's different. I just feel like we're burying the lead here. There's a much bigger story to talk about. Oh, and then there was this little thing shot earlier in the day. Must have been a WWE.com exclusive, or whatever they say, where Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Big Show are kind of arguing in a locker room, and Big Show just punches Cesaro in the jaw. Clearly not a proper punch, though, because he didn't knock him out. Just a tap. Just, yeah, just like a little love tap. Not like a, ah, oh, kid. Yeah, no, he, he punched him in the face. And then uh, Seamus said, you're not on the team anymore. And I said this in the review. What was the point of this trio again? Like, why were they put together? Well, you see, it's, uh, it's actually really fitting for Big Show's character because he <laughs> turned heel by aligning with them three like three weeks ago on SmackDown 1000, maybe four. Maybe four, yeah. And he's already turned face again. Well, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, they should have they should have known. Mm-hmm. They should have known. Unless they're willing to turn and flip flop with Big Show, it's not going to work. It's not going to be a long lasting partnership. So yeah. I, I, so I think now we're either at thirty nine or forty turns for the Big Show since he debuted uh, in WWE in back in ninety nine. So yeah, forty in twenty years. He's coming up to twenty years. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get to that Jeff Hardy thing, but <laughs> that is an incorrect number. Is it really? Yeah, he, oh, because he, he had like a dark match. No, he, he was signed in 94. He had his first match in 1994 Ooh. against Razor Ramon. Uh, so, yes, this was the, 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 the bar and the big show. Never a coherent act. The reason that the bar won the titles, you could argue, at SmackDown 1000, where they beat the New Day, is now broken up in a backstage segment taped earlier in the day. Yep. Um, Baffling. It really was. Really weird. I mean, I'm not... I, like, I, I don't... I guess hey, I, I don't like it because it's a waste, but I've, I'm so uninvested in it. I don't care. <laughs> no, no. So it hasn't, like, harmed my enjoyment of this show. Nope. I was just like, mm, who gives a crap? Yeah, it's going to say, I was like, well, okay, well, I guess they're split up then. Cool. Yeah, so uh, that that's why Big Show isn't out there for the Usos bar match and Cesaro's selling his jaw... And they, they have a decent match. I thought it was a really good TV yeah, match, actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a, some really good frenetic action. I thought the, the story of this match was Cesaro uppercutting Jimmy Uso jumping out of the air. Like, that was the story they were telling. Yeah. Anytime he tried to dive, there was Cesaro to be like, nope, uppercut, mate. And it's always impressive. It's always great. It. Uh, he could have done it five more times, and I'd be like, that's brilliant. I thought, so, so those were very impressive, but I really, really liked the, the near fall sequence near the end. Yeah. Because I guess the tag division have done a really good job of setting up 
roll-ups as actual finishes. Mm -hmm. So I bought into a lot of the finishes that were happening. So it just it just made me pop even higher. And then uh, the Usos got the splash for a non-roll-up win. Yeah, uh, which essentially sets them up now as new number one contenders to the tag titles. Once again, that reset button. We're going to start something afresh. They, I think they may have mentioned that the Usos were the sole survivors at Survivor Series in that sometimes canon, not always canon match. Uh, I... Uh, I think that the Usos and the Bar have better chemistry than the Bar and the New Day. It might be because it's a match we've seen less. Because we saw the New Day and the Bar a lot on Raw when they were feuding a couple of years ago. And then we've seen them do it a lot on SmackDown as well. So it almost feels like a, a fresher match. Potentially. But it's not like we didn't see the Usos New Day enough. Like, and, and that never got old. Mm -hmm, I, I, yeah, I... I I've got higher hopes, higher in-ring hopes for this feud if it, if it carries on. Although, I do, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the challengers beating the champions to get a title shot. It's just like, why now? Why do I now want to see that match? Well, You've already... may, maybe. I mean, if they're going to take a leaf out of Raw's book, maybe next week Big Show can take one of the Usos' hats backstage and, and urinate into it. Or Naomi. Because, or... <laughs> you know, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, they beat AOP to earn that title shot. Maybe... Um... Take a leaf out of their mm. book. Uh, so, yeah, what was the point of the big show, really, there? Uh, and I guess they're... I don't know if they're telling the story that the bar are no good without show, or if it's because Cesaro was selling the jaw. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it, it's not very good. What was very funny, though, speaking of the New Day, backstage, it cuts to the New Day laughing at their phone, and the Miz walks in and goes... Uh, and like they, oh, we're just watching your greatest role ever. And Miz says, ah, you, you, you're talking about the Marine Six. Yes, because you're all Marinas. Yeah. And then Xavier has the line of the segment. No, we're not watching Marine Six starring Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> just like everyone's getting over that it's not the Marine Six starring the Miz. Yeah. It's the Marine Six starring Becky Lynch. I love that running gag. And Xavier delivered it perfectly. And he said, no, we're watching your match from last week. And where he got beat by was it Wayne, Dane, Bane, Kyrie Sane? Biggie getting a picture, like running through those names, and then gets a picture of God. Kyrie Sane out, and then just tucks her. This was good. This was great. New Day. This was great. Not only that, but like uh, Xavier Woods singing "The Flame Returns," uh, which was a slow chemical, Kane's old theme song, because they mentioned Kane in the list of people <laughs> that might have beaten them, um, which I pop for because it's one of my favorite entrance theme songs ever. Uh, and it, and Mr. essentially said the new day of being idiots and like me and Shane were out there fighting for our lives. You two are just out acting like idiots backstage. And then he said he's going to go speak to Shane and set up a match for later on. And then Big E accidentally reveals <laughs> that he is a marina and essentially walks away doing this. No. Yeah. yeah, he starts to like Kofi's like, what's wrong with the Miz? And Big E goes, well, you know, Jake Carter from this. He's well remembered. I was going to call him Shane Huntley. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I, uh... I think we should review Marine Six as a Patreon treat for I, I Christmas. Think, I, I think, yeah, that sounds like a good little Christmas yeah. gift. Yeah, I think we should watch it, record ourselves watching it, <laughs> which might be pretty boring because when I watch films, I don't want to talk. I was going to say, I'm only yeah, very much a, a silence man, and if you if we're going to talk, to pause. Yeah. Tell, tell me what you have to say, then we'll re then we'll resume watching. Make those even longer. Those <laughs> sorts of podcasts. After that, we got AJ Styles. He's backstage first, and I like this. He's like backstage, just sitting on a chair, being intense and broody. And then a producer comes over and says, "It's time." Yeah. And AJ stands up and comes out wearing 
a different different colour scheme, sort of a luminous green with black. I got a I got a Transformers eighties colour scheme vibe off. Oh this. yeah. Can't remember which transformer it is. I was going to say because if it was green, it would be green and purple because it'd be like the uh, Destructicons. Oh, the Constructicons rather, not Destructicons. Idiots. Okay, you know more. Then from Devastator. Um, This was so AJ then came out to to cut a promo on Daniel Bryan, and I I kind of got mixed feelings about this. Mm -hmm. But it was a good promo from AJ. The video packages were very stilted within there because essentially, well, he didn't even say that. He essentially said, "I lost the title," then would pause so they could play a video package, and then said, "And then Daniel Bryan had some things to say." Pause video package very staged very stilted but the content was quite good and he kind of says that brian's taking a leaf out of raw's playbook by uh, having a champion that doesn't show up whereas i'm here and i always show up i'm always at the pay-per-views this that, and the other and i thought some of the content was very good here however if i was booking the show if it were me in charge i'd have had aj win a squash match just against like local enhancement mm. talent and then cut the promo just win it 20 seconds not even that just completely tap the guy out with the calf crusher and then put over the guys like hey look i'm here i'm wrestling this mm. week just put over there oh, not only that but it, it gets some back gets back some of the heat that he's lost since losing the championship and he hasn't been seen since survivor series i i thought that might have been a more effective way than him just coming out saying some words then leaving yeah i i, I agree actually that would have been much better although i yeah i like there was a good line about a. Uh, I held the title for 371 days, but the last 14 without it have been the longest of all of them. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, it's a good um, content in there. But uh, yeah, he said like the reason I wasn't at Survivor Series or at SmackDown mm-hmm. last week was because I wasn't medically cleared. And I, but it's not like you're wrestling right now. I just I thought that was a lazy explanation, especially after he'd just said how he was there all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but AJ said he'll get his title back against Brian at TLC. It was not nothing extraordinary but it was a solid segment um and yeah that so brian's had a promo aj's had a promo the last thing we want is what happened over the summer where they book these feuds backwards and this would be the go home (laughs) so hopefully they've got some exciting stuff coming in the next few weeks here's hoping lance sullivan again still a free agent yep hottest Uh, free agent I, th- I thought they would have changed up the promo by now. It's the s- exact same video. But package. when one's as good as this, like, do you need to have another one? It's not the best video <laughs> package I've ever seen. It's probably the best you're going to get. Like, he's had an X amount of matches yeah. that they've got footage of. In fact, they've probably got every bit of footage from every Lars Sullivan match he's had on NXT in that video package. I'm just trying to, like, think of. Well, then make some more character-based stuff. I don't really know what that would, how you would visually display that, but just think of how impactful those Wyatt family vignettes were before they debuted. That was, th- those were great, and those, those were a little bit different every time. Uh, but yeah, I, who cares? Well, uh, but you've got to remember as well, the story is that apparently these were meant to start airing at TLC, mm-hmm. uh, but they're airing them early, which means they only plan to probably show it once, maybe twice. So instead, Vince is like, no, I'll put it on now, pal. It's great. Uh, so now we're getting it all the time. All the goddamn time. Because this was a bit of... This isn't a SmackDown thing, so no one knows what's happening. Nope. Uh, Corey, Corey's like, oh, I really hope we get him on SmackDown. And I was like, oh, you're Raw, Raw too. <laughs> and then he said, Shane McMahon's really got to push to get, to get them. I'm like, why can't this be Paige's job? She's the general manager. Yeah, but Shane's the commissioner. Uh, Okay, next up, we got Shinsuke Nakamura. He came down for a match against Rusev. Uh, Rusev makes an entrance. God, just like how far has Rusev fallen from... It's great to see him out there, but all of that 
Rusev Day breakup stuff led to diddly squat. Anyway, they had that match. They had that 90-second match on that SmackDown episode that everyone's forgotten. Where's Aiden English been since then, by the way? Just Everything we said. Well, pr- probably on the planned future endeavors list, I'd imagine. That's what a shame. Uh, it's just, yeah, like, all of that. They were the most overacting the company at the start of this year. And they, what was the point of breaking them up? Mm-hmm. Because well, what was the point so, of putting the big show with the bar? Yeah, yeah. So it's a shame, but at least there's the glimmers of a storyline here. Rusev comes out and Nakamura attacks him with a knee, and then hits another, which is more of a Kinshasa outside. And yeah, yeah. So Nakamura gets out of his US title match. Exactly. So I, uh, I said this in the review. I got the party poppers out for it. Some thought it might not happen, but Shinsuke Nakamura has a storyline. Yeah. Mate, it's taken them nearly four months, but they finally found <laughs> something for the United States champion to do. It's hard. I, like, I get it. It's hard to find <laughs> your champion something to do on a wrestling show. But, hey, man, they worked really hard. And finally, I think they might have found something for him. You know, well done. Well done, guys. We'll have to wait because maybe he just doesn't show up next week. <laughs> like, I didn't... This... Usually, I would say this is a Nakamura-Rusev feud, which is a pretty decent US title thing. They haven't done anything to they, build up either guy. They had so. a match at Crown Jewel. Did they? Yeah, that was the kickoff show, remember? They had that match. Oh, way. of it course. Was, it was a United States Championship match, no less. Well, that's probably why I'm pretty unenthused about this. <laughs> but yeah, just, uh, maybe, or maybe Nakamura will have a match with someone else next week, Rey Mysterio, and he'll also get out of that. And mm. that's what you'll tell May I I've just got I don't know this feels like it's a storyline. I'm I'm trying to like glamour onto anything I, know, I can. I oh my god this almost feels like something. I know. <laughs> so uh Nakamura United States champion hasn't had a storyline in 4 months. Jeff Hardy the man he beat for that title is just getting everything <laughs> it seems. He this was promoted throughout the show. Every after every segment there was a video package. Jeff Hardy has been on in WWE for 20 years. 24 years. This is his 20th anniversary. His 24th anniversary. So we're going to have a, a celebration of Jeff. And I was like, okay, so this is an angle. <laughs> like, this this is quite, this well, has come out of nowhere. I thought it was a retirement thing. Like, ah, no, I never so, got that. Okay, I mean, uh, people might say that I'm being pedantic when I'm saying that he debuted in 94, because he was. But technically, you could say that the Jeff Hardy character debuted in 1998 when the Hardy Boys first started to get some, some actual TV time and were pushed as an act. So that's fine. Um, but this, I thought this was almost a retirement thing, because, like, M- Michael Cole was there. And I was, and I was, I was like, why is Michael Cole there? Michael Cole, and they're standing, got like pictures of Hardy behind him, and he's like, charismatic Ningham and Jeff Hardy. Then he Thanos away, and Jeff Hardy came out. The entire SmackDown roster, by the way, is standing on stage, heel and faces alike, breaking kayfabe. The iconics are there applauding Jeff Hardy. Why? And then Jeff comes down to the ring, not wearing the face paint, it's just being Jeff. He makes some off the cuff remarks. He gets an off the cuff delete thing. He's like, oh, you can probably edit that out. It's live, mate. And then like, it's just, and then he says, he thinks it's SmackDown from ten years ago. <laughs> Scooby Doo. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know what he's doing and then he just says this isn't a retirement speech by the way and that was like oh okay so now it's an angle no, okay now I know that I'm waiting for someone to come out and be his next challenger I had an opposite journey I thought going, going in when it was advertised I thought well this is an angle uh, it will probably be a Miz TV segment somehow <laughs> <laughs> and then as the thing started with Michael Cole there who you know just randomly introduced it 
the pictures, the promo package. Oh, the package was great. Yeah, yeah, really good. It was even a bit of CM Punk in there from that great Swanton bomb off the really tall ladder. The whole roster was out there. Shane McMahon, of course, at the front and centre. And Best in the world. I, I was like, huh, maybe this is just a nice segment where they're just celebrating Jeff. And I, was, I started to think to myself, I wish WWE did this more. You, you do celebrate your history in a, an, a more organic way rather than a shove-it-down-your-throat way thing. And then you do, like, a few months of those. Not every week, but, you know, when there's something to celebrate. So, like, once a year, when you do one of those and it does turn into an angle, boom. Mm. It feels like a big deal. It comes out of nowhere and it, it's all the more brilliant because of it. But no, no, they, they just did the angle here. That was not what they were doing. Yeah. I, I had, like, like the... Um, what was the pay-per-view we watched? It was... It was Bad Blood. Bad Blood. And they did the St. Louis... Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. And we were just like, where's the angle coming? <laughs> oh, no, it was just a really nice celebration of St. Louis wrestling. It was just lovely. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis? Could be. I mean, we're not Americans. We Saint don't know. St. Louis. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of... Because um, there's that bit where Edge Sam and Christian... Munchkin. Sam Munchnick. <laughs> when uh, Edge and Christian called it Louisville. Yeah. And Jim, Jim Ross <laughs> going, it's Louisville. Maybe that's what I'm getting confused I don't know with. what I'm talking about. I'm sure everyone has already corrected us. It was comments. probably an American football thing. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, was, it was an angle uh, after all the nice stuff. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it would have been better if, it, if these, these things weren't so transparently an angle from the start. Samoa Joe comes out. I thought this was so cool. It was wicked. It was awesome because, like, so Jeff's in the ring and he's doing his promo. And, I, and I, my note says, this is lovely. Because he says, thank you for, I've had my tough times. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with me. It and it was, was I, I, I'm not the biggest Jeff Hardy fan. And I was with him. I, I, was, I was behind him here. That video package made me, it mm. was like, that's why I love Jeff Hardy. Like, this company has made me forget by just putting him in pants feuds and that. But, like, they have made me remember why I was a massive Jeff Hardy mark. And not one single person said, Randy Orton brutalized him. <laughs> hell in a cell. How's he even out there? How's he even walking? <laughs> and then Joe's music hits, and you can almost feel like the mood change on the ramp, and a few people turn around and go like, oh, I can't believe this guy, mm. I can't believe this. And Shane, credit to Shane, I thought he was really great in this segment, was just like walking up being like, look, dude, now's not the time. Like, yeah, you know, you're, yeah. you're bang out of order for doing this. And Jeff's like, no, 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 let, let him say, you know, let him talk. And so Shane's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk. And then Joe cuts this great promo where he's like, so good. So good. He's like, oh, Jeff, you know, I, I was sorry I'm late. I was popping champagne backstage for a drink, but yeah, maybe I shouldn't really be doing that with you. Like, you know, maybe. I, and he starts talking about yeah. like making fun not not making fun, not saying, like, you're an alcoholic. Just making these overt references to Jeff Hardy's demons without ever saying, by the way, you're an alcoholic and you've ruined your life on several occasions mm. because of it. It was a beautifully written promo and an incredibly performed promo from Samoa Joe. I thought it was awesome here. I, I think beautiful is the wrong word. I would say vicious. It was like it was such a vicious promo. Beautifully vicious. Though. Yeah. Uh, the like the, there was another really the, the champagne bottle line was really great but I, I enjoyed the bit where he said uh, that that video package was really good all those memories I mean you probably don't even remember them because you won't hear it enough yeah and then he just starts going on how about I'm Samoa Joe I don't celebrate weakness yes and that's what you are you're weak I've got I've got a one step program for you Jeff yeah it doesn't say it just says any time. And, yeah. oh, just it was brilliant you know like I will my one step program is I'll retire you yeah. I just thought it and it's real quick he says really really good and he even said like he even said and there will be another time 
in reference to Jeff screwing up again. Yeah. Like he was like, you know, this isn't behind you. You're you're weak. Yeah. You're, your demons you're, are with you forever. That's it. Yeah. And you de- will screw up again. Demons are always in the back of your head, just waiting to show their faces again. And then Jeff Hardy, the valiant babyface, <laughs> was just like, "Well, come in the ring then. Show me what you've got. Let's have a fight." Mm. And Joe starts walking to the ring, and then she's like, "Nah," because he doesn't need to. He's made his point. He he set out what he wanted to do in that segment, and he walked to the back. I thought it was a wicked segment. Yeah. I thought it was really, really cool. And I was thinking about this a lot while I was watching SmackDown, especially compared to Raw this week and Raw last week. I was like, why am I enjoying this show so much more? And it's because none of the baby faces feel like idiots. Mm. And the show isn't all about heat. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. The yeah. show, like, there's only really a handful of segments on this where the heels were getting heat. But then there were times when the baby faces were getting baby face wins. The baby face won at the end of the show. Randy Orton got his heat. But during that, Ray got, he had a good comeback during that. And, and the, the show wasn't about building heat. It mm. was about just everyone being great. I thought it was. I thought it was a really successful show in that sense. I'd say Nakamura yep. and, and and Orton Rand- were the only two bits, and yeah. that's what that I'd say. That's about a quarter of the show. God, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That is a that's a really marked difference, and it's you know feuds that are very interesting, and I want to see happen. Yeah, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe. You're interested in a Jeff Hardy feud? Look at yeah, that. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, you know AJ Styles and the Miz. Ooh, sorry, Jeffrey. AJ Styles and. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, very, it's, very good. It's funny as well. Like, So in our new office block, we, uh, someone from one of the offices came down to us. They were a, a wrestling fan. They were talking about like our favorite matches and this and that. We just got chatting. And we asked him what his favorite match was. And he talked about when he was a kid and he saw Bret Hart versus mm. Big Boss Man at King of the Ring. And he, as a kid, cried. He said, because like it was the good guy's journey and the good guy won. And that was when I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, yeah people like watching good people win at, in wrestling. Like that's sometimes what we just really like when we're watching wrestling. It's not for the baddies to always, always, always win. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's. I thought the same thing when he was talking to yeah. us. The and that's not to say that heel heat is bad. Absolutely it's not. just like it is so one sided on Raw at the moment. It's unwat- It's actually unwatchable. Yeah. That's and that's not just us being negative. That is the majority consensus of Monday Night Raw since Survivor Series. Next up, we got the payoff to that New Day Miz segment earlier on. Kofi Kingston took on the Miz, uh, two thousand eight. Is well, once it's match back, <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was. I said this in the review solid paint by numbers yeah. wrestling, like nothing too flashy, nothing bad. It was there, it served its purpose. They did their stuff, they got out of there. Well, but like, did it serve its purpose? Because I'm, yeah, it furthers, I, it furthers the Ms. Shane McMahon feud, I guess. Yeah, because Shane didn't come out to help Miz at any point of this, and uh. Another thing, so Kofi Kingston won here, another example of the baby faces eventually getting the better of the, the heels because uh, like Miz took out Xavier with the trumpet on the outside. Miz essentially distracted himself. Yeah, and uh, but Miz like exposed the turnbuckle to, to throw Kofi into, but Big E put some pancakes in front of the turnbuckle. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. <laughs> I was, we're always about like a new day annoying or are they very funny? And this week, definitely very funny. I loved everything they did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Miz even brought a chair in the ring to, to win the match, but Xavier pulled that back. Kofi hit the trouble in paradise for the, ring, for the win. Sorry about the drilling that's going on in the background. But yeah, this is, this is 
This was fine, but is Miz a face or a heel? I thought he was turning face. This was definitely cheating. Like I thought with Charlotte, I thought he was very much a heel in mm. this segment here. And when he was meeting Shane backstage, he was a heel there as well because yeah. he was whinging to Shane that you weren't out there to be my tag team partner. Whereas Shane, the babyface, reminded him, we're not a tag team. Like, Shane, Miz is the delusional one here, yeah, yeah. not Shane. So... And I know that the story is, well, the, re the reported story is that Shane is the one that's turning heel and Miz is turning babyface. If that's the story they're telling, they're doing a piss poor job of it. That's it, yeah. So, and, and even if Miz is meant to be, it's a slow turn for Miz where he's still got these heelish tendencies and becomes a good guy in the end. Uh, I don't think that story is being told very well either. No. So, it, and it's not like Shane and Miz. I don't care. No, absolutely so, not. Of yeah. all the things on SmackDown Live, it's the one I'm least in. Actually, no, the Randy Orton Ray Mysterio thing. But I, actually, no, no, I'm I'm less interested in Miz versus Shane than I am Ray <laughs> versus Randy. I had an observation in this match. Oh yeah. Do you think WWE look at the New Day and how the New Day? Oh, you know, it was essentially a three-on-one advantage here against the Miz, but it was more of a the, the Co not Kofi uh, Xavier and Biggie were just out there to make sure Miz didn't cheat. Do, they, yeah. do you think WWE look at that and go, well, Lucha House Party are a three-man group. That, that Everyone likes well, New Day. They've got a trumpet. They've got a piñata. Oh, they're basically the same thing. It's not a backward psychological advantage to have a three-on-two handicap match with Lucha House rules. Someone tweeted us yesterday because I was making fun on Twitter at the, uh, the Renee and Michael Cole being really upset that uh, Alexa Bliss is a general manager even though she's an active part of the roster, even though Baron Corbin is, and they seem to think that's fine. And this person tweeted back to me was like, yeah, but Michael Cole and Renee also seem to think it's fine that Lucha House Party have a two-on, a three-on-two handy, a yeah. three-on-two advantage. But yet when Baron Corbin does it in the main event, it's a dastardly <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, good point. Yeah, great uh, point. And the last proper segment was Randy Orton coming out. He came out with Ray's mask that he stole in the main event of last week. Yeah. Remember that? Orton Mysterio was a main event last week. Yeah. And... And 12 uh, he, years ago. He, he just sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, had a this, few words. This, this was a boring promo. Yeah. This was a very, very boring, boring promo. It was it was boring, and I think it was made worse by, I think, in-ring wrestlers, in-ring promo segments with wrestlers explaining their actions want to show a minimum. <laughs> if that, like, sorry, maximum. Like, one yeah. per show is your quota, and you don't have to use it. I would prefer you not use it and have something more engaging. So to have this promo and the AJ promo earlier on, it was a bit like... At least this I one don't had the two brawl. guys who aren't great promos cutting promos. Well, I, I, I would disagree with that. Because I think... I think they're, not, they're, not, um, like, they're not next level promos. No, but I think they're good promos. I just think Randy had a really boring promo here. I thought I AJ, I thought, I thought AJ was promo was actually really good earlier. Um, I still think he's an average promo yeah, yeah, yeah. in the grander scheme of promos of all time. But I would never say he's a bad promo. No, 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 but I didn't say it was a bad promo. What did you say then? I said he was just a normal promo. Oh, I thought you said he was a bad promo. No. My mistake. Uh, if I did, I didn't mean it. Because, yeah, we can't go back and... It's hyperbole. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we do here. Uh, uh, but I thought the, the brawl, actually, yeah. between Randy and Ray was, was really cool. And I thought uh, Ray had some really good fire, speaking of fire, uh, behind him when he was doing his, like, 619s to, mm -hmm. to various different parts of the body. I thought there was some really cool stuff in here. But eventually, Orton got the better of him because Ray's injured. He's had the neck brace on. He took the neck brace off, trying to rip at the mask again. And that's the other thing as well. It's like, Randy's sitting there going, like, ha-ha-ha, I've destroyed the mask. Ray just comes out wearing another mask. 
It's like, well, <laughs> so what's so cool about the, the one you've got there? He's got, <laughs> got loads of them, mate. He's got to the merch store. There's plenty of them there. And uh, and Orton hits the draping DDT and like uses the the chair on the throat. So I'm guessing we're going to get a chairs match at, at TLC, mm, which are uh, cool. I, I mean, they're very silly matches. It's it's less silly than a stairs match, but of, <laughs> but of the three or the four stipulations that you can have at TLC, it is the silliest one. Uh, uh, yeah, because it was uh, tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs. stairs. <laughs> oh. And it was uh, it was Big Show versus Eric Rowan in a stairs match. A stairs match, for God's sake! I mean, as much as we don't like WWE this year, <laughs> oh, oh man. I said this before, but like everyone's like, that was one of the worst roars in decades. I was like, mate, go back and watch some of those 2006 shows. Those are bad. Go back and watch like Nitro in 1999 or 2000. That is like truly, truly awful, awful wrestling. Yeah. I would much rather watch Raw from last night than watch a Nitro from 1999 because it was, that is three hours of truly awful television. And I'd prefer l- this week's Raw over any of the just awful John Cena years. Yeah, or the DX Not all years. of it, but you know, yeah, like Absolutely. that was just, just that, crushing. They were two hours. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, yeah, Randy sort of stands tall. And the final the final segment, really, before the Women's Battle Royal main event, which we've already covered, was Shane McMahon backstage next to his World Cup trophy, texting. And I thought, well, that's a bit of a heelish thing just to be standing next to it. like Because he, he always said, I don't believe I'm the best, but... Here is my t- my trophy in every segment I'm in. And Miz comes back and says, Where were you, man? We're family. We are two, like, two we're, parts of the best in the world. We're two-thirds. We're co-besties. Yeah. And the trophy is their child. So where were you for me? And you start acting like it. And then Miz storms off and Shane's like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, but Miz is the delusional one in that. Like, I don't look at that and be like, God, Miz is right. Where was Shane? Mm. Yeah. I... It's. I, I'm not really into this this storyline or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't find it engaging, and I'm worried because it's shame. It'll get a lot more TV time than more deserving feuds. Well, I'm more worried. Less that it's going to get more TV time, more that they're going to wait till WrestleMania to pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you think like building for the next three weeks to, of Baron Corbin matches to to build a TLC is bad. Mate, wait till we go, we're building Miz versus Shane McMahon for the next four to five months. <laughs> Well, overall, though, a uh, a pretty a pretty decent show, like a, a, pr- a really very enjoyable two hours. The wrestling was good. The the Asuka being added to the main event of TLC has just completely transformed my my excitement for the rest of the year, which I was you know, really severely down on. Um, and Samoa Joe cut an excellent promo, and the the whole Jeff Hardy presentation was very good. I would give it a smack tastic, a four out of five. As did I. Yeah. I th- I thought it was a proper thumbs up show. Mm. I thought it was a really good. As I said in the review, and I've said here as well, good reset button pressing. Just being like, look, last week's show was bad. It was confusing. We didn't really know what we were doing because clearly we changed our minds on what happened at Survivor Series forty eight hours later. Because Shane still has not paid off on that. <laughs> Things are going to change. Tweet so. That last week, I feel, was we changed our plans and now we're just changing them again. So perhaps Charlotte Flair will be a completely different character next week as well and they'll just change the the, the, the layout of this feud. But I guess we'll wait and see until then. Apart from that, that was a thumbs up show. It's nice to be happy again. Isn't, isn't it, it just, yeah. Happy again. I, is that a song? Well, so happy together. It's the one from the Detective Pikachu trailer. 
I can't see me loving nobody but you for Pikachu. There's an absolutely awesome, like, industrial version of that song that's at the end of the Stepfather remake that came out about ten or so years ago, which is a perfectly serviceable movie. But the song's excellent. It's a really, really good cover. That's completely by the by. Got this, uh, got this email in, and this was a, a bit of a strange one. I was wondering if you might be able to give me some clarity on this, because perhaps this is just something that completely flew past me. Um, I'm, I'm not going to read out the, the emailer's name, just in case they don't want it read out, but it was... I'll just read this to you. Hey, Luke, Ollie, dot, 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 and Laurie. I'm the YouTuber who faked being Pac on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen the video I made on the situation, but just to cut it short, I never intended to go as far as it did. I'm also subscribed to you and have been for over a year now, so hopefully I didn't offend you. I've also emailed him before, but if you don't remember, um, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, I love you guy and hope that you uh, wasn't too fussed about the Pac situation. Love you, bye. Hashtag support WrestleTalk. I felt for this guy. That's nice that he's got in touch, and I hope he's listening to this as well. Uh, so what happened last Thursday is Pac did a Instagram Q&A, mm-hmm. and he answered like various questions. Um, he said that he, 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 like, he, he, he doesn't hate Enzo Amore. I don't hate the lad, he wrote or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think him beating me was a mistake, that he left WWE for the, because he didn't like the way he was being booked. He said he can't say some things about Vince McMahon because he'd sue him four times or something like four times to hell. Uh, and and about a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Q&A. Wrestling Inc. ran with it. WrestleZone ran with it. We probably even published it on uh, WrestleTalk.com. Turns out, though, Neville doesn't have Instagram. Oh. Neville, uh, Neville posted that on Twitter himself saying... Beware of fake imitators. Good voice, mate. That's good. (laughs) Uh, But I did this in in Monday's Super News, you see. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the big payoff is that this chap who uh, they they said, oh, sorry, this got way out of hand. It was just a fake pack account that I made, Uh, which is weird. Like, we get this on YouTube a lot, like, where people pretend to be Charlotte Flair or I block most of them because it's just like it's just weird. Yeah. And people because they talk about themselves in the first yeah, person as if they, they are Charlotte Flair. Yeah, and people get annoyed with it because it's not like it's just. I guess it's just there, so you get this weird endorphin rush because people are more likely to click the thumbs up button on your comment, mm-hmm. but you're not that person. So it's a real fake, empty way of getting fulfillment. Yeah. And just such a such a weird. I'm not a, like I don't hate it. Like if. I just I kind of worry about you if that's how you get your kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an enormous amount of time to devote to something that's utterly pointless. Yeah, and that's what uh, this chap did. <laughs> <laughs> Burying him there. But, no, no, but he seems like he's learnt from his mistake because, like, I, I was like, well, that's that's stupid that someone's done that. But then he and I'm more than familiar with doing something and then just feeling just just horribly guilty about it and you're like why did i do this and that seems to be what this person's done they put up an apology statement like i'm so sorry this just started as a little thing which i imagine it did but then everyone reported on the q a but you know at the same time you were impersonating someone online but they they have apologized hopefully they've learned from it um, and it's all a bit stupid, isn't it? <laughs> it's a weird, yeah, it's a really weird story. Because I got the email, I didn't know about this mm. at all. So it was a really weird email to get, being like, I was the guy that impersonated Pac on Instagram. <laughs> Did work, were you? Like, I didn't know that yeah. was a thing. Okay, well, okay. Well, thank you so much for, for clarifying hey, that. Go. Were you offended? 
not at all. Like, what is there to be offended about? I think that's just why he wanted to make sure that it's you were not offended. So, it's just so stupid. I found it funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, not funny like everyone should do it. I found it kind of pathetically funny. But I'm not offended. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. I, don't, like, I can't remember the last time I was offended. <laughs> uh, well, let's have this agony arts request here, oh, obviously, from Vegan. Survivor Sorry. Series. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Raw on Monday. Raw the, the night off. Yeah, yeah. Raw on Monday. <laughs> uh, I'm not entirely sure this counts, but here goes nothing. I work 13 hour days, four days a week. Oof. I go to work no matter if I'm. Uh, He's written here, belty or not, which maybe is... Uh, oh, sorry, it's because there was dirt on my screen. Healthy or not. <laughs> uh, I have two kids, though. How I... many... You, you, you're going to read everything perfect from now on. <laughs> that little bit of dirt that's has what been was, tripping that's you up what forever. <laughs> that's why the PowerPoint went wrong at the <laughs> Prince Charles. Uh, I have two kids, though. I try to justify it by saying I'm working for them, but at what point should I quit my job and get another one? P.S. The mother of my kids doesn't work. She stays at home. She's a stay-at-home mum. I've thought about quitting, but I also thought that would affect my kids, so I'm stuck in this rut, doing the same things, same routine every day. I'll take any advice you're willing to give. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, this this chap is afflicted with something. I think me and you both have. And that is essentially we're workaholics. Mm-hmm. My dad's a workaholic too. Uh, my sister is. Um, but yeah, like, like if we're left to our own devices, we'll probably just start working. Yeah. I imagine like you'll work on a book or I'll just start doing emails and YouTube stuff. Uh, even on like, you know, Sunday afternoons when you're meant to be, you're meant to be hanging out with me, Ollie. I'm just channeling my lady partner. <laughs> uh, but, um, Not talking about Red Dead Redemption, just screaming at yeah, you. Yeah, well, well, wash the horse, Ollie. Thank God, thank God for video games, because that is like one of the only all-encompassing pieces of escapism for you to avoid your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the like, um, I, what was it that I read recently that someone said, "Hey, maybe women retiring at thirty, mm-hmm. like maybe they're the ones who've got it right." Maybe focusing more time on your family and all that stuff. The stuff that everyone says on their deathbeds. Mm-hmm. That's their regret. Like, oh, yeah, I wish I spent more time with my loved ones, with my family, with my kids, with my parents. Like, no one's there going, oh, I wish I worked harder. Like, you never hear that's not, that. You never hear that mm-hmm. on people's deathbeds. Yeah. So especially if you've got kids. Uh, yeah, I would say find a way to spend more time at home and yeah 30 I mean, hour days three are... days off though which yeah is but nice. it, which is nice but 30 hour days that, that's a, a long long time yeah. and i feel like you might be able to find more job satisfaction working perhaps the same amount of hours just spread out and so you still get that quality time with the family which i would imagine is very very important yeah because you'll you'll go through a four-day stretch i imagine where you don't See, that's it. Like when, because my dad used to do shift work when I was a, a, a real youngster. And yeah, we wouldn't see him for because he'll he'll be sleeping in the day or whatever. So we just wouldn't see him for a week. And yeah, it would it would yeah, I do remember like not seeing my dad, and that was weird. Mm-hmm. But then he, he totally made up for it by just never going away. It's <laughs> <laughs> calls you all the time. It's calls you all the time. I love you, Chappy. <laughs> just dad, stop it. Stop it. I'm, I'm at work. <laughs> Uh, let's have this poetry corner submission. So you remember Gavin uh, sent us that. Um, um, the poem about the, the, the Roman Reigns main event, the, uh, the WrestleMania mm, 31. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, so he has got another one uh, for us here called Ignored. A relatable nerd from Long Island gets cheered even when he's not around, but he is ignored. A goat starts a one-word movement that goes viral, but he is ignored. A punk with an attitude speaks the truth as a voice for us, but he is ignored. A bleach-blonde ragdoll loses and gets over. 
but he is ignored. A day in his name is made, and the crowd fall in love, but he is ignored. Sooner or later they were acknowledged, booked into oblivion, but why we ask? Because WWE are always right. Get yourself over. Sorry, night-night. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. It was fun to figure out who each person was there. Of course, Daniel Bryan was the bleach blonde Dolph Ziggler. I'm guessing that, yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler's probably that one, yeah. Rusev, with Rusev Day, the yes. name named after them. CM Punk, the, mm-hmm. uh, the guy with the attitude. Uh, relatable nerd from Long Island. Uh, oh, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, yeah. Of course. Uh, absolutely, of course it is. Um, so I've, uh, I've found a new... So poetry. I think everyone is a bit like a poetry student. Poetry's just arty, farty, airy, fairy. Oh, isn't, you know, romantic stuff. It's a book without the prose. Mm. But... Or skill. I have been introduced by my writing teacher, Zar, to Charles Bukowski. He writes poems like Samoa Joe cuts promos. <laughs> I, bought, I bought a book from him yesterday, yeah. The Essential Bukowski. Yeah, he's vicious. There is no niceness in these poems, and they are excellent for it. And do you want to hear a Charles Bukowski fact? I would love one. The epitaph, the, or the epigraph, what do you call it? Epitaph? Epitaph. The thing, thing on his yeah. gravestone. Epitaph. Um, I think it's epitaph. Well, there's a song with the word epitaph in it. It's a Slayer song, so I mean, I'm going to go by what they say. Yeah, um, I might find to be wrong though. But he's, his gravestone says Charles Bukowski, don't try. Crikey! And you're like, oh, okay, what like what a fascinating life philosophy. Just don't try. Uh, apparently, like he did say stuff like that. Like, don't try is to the best way to write poetry isn't to force it. Just don't try, and it comes out eventually, mm. uh, which is what people talk about writer's block. But the real reason, we'll do a YouTube video on it, is Good apparently the old Hollywood book of stars that used to be passed around PR agencies and agents where you'd have like phone numbers or contact details for all these celebrities. Mm-hmm. Next to Bukowski's name, because he never got back to anyone and he hated all that crap because he was a badass and he just drank until 4am every morning, it just said... Don't try. <laughs> nice. And that's where it comes from. Very nice. Uh, a couple of jokes before we get out of here. Ed the Posty uh, sends in, I've recently got addicted to skiing. Oh, it's a slippery slope. Um, oh, that's, that's not a joke. Um, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. One comes from Daniel Perry. Got a bit of a a bit of a noise out of Ollie Davis for that one. I've heard that one before. <laughs> Brag. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Brandon Raya uh, writes in. What's good? Wrestle talk. Screw cult or whatever their stupid name is. I've got a joke for Luke, and now one for Ollie. Uh, joke for Luke. Why is there always a gate around cemeteries? Because people are dying to get in. And uh, a joke, and this is genuinely my uh, wife's least favourite joke in the entire world. What's green and smells like pork? Kermit's finger. That's all we have got time for on this show. Uh, I'm going to apologise to my wife because I know she listens to this and she, I tell her that joke a lot and she absolutely hates it. So we're going to be back tomorrow with the NXT review. Myself and Laurie will be here. And, and I know what you're all hoping, there will, there will be some Dungeons and Dragons chats because we've just finished our uh, mini campaign. So can't wait to listen. To lot it, to talk. Well, I mean, you don't listen, so it's fine. Uh, so lots to talk about uh, with that. But also, you know, NXT. Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan's on the show. So take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Love you. Goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.